I love what I do. I am passionate about the brain and I'm passionate about the mind that changes the brain. You see, your mind is separate from your brain. It's not the same thing. Most of the time when we hear the word brain, we think, well, mind is the same thing. But we spirit, soul, and body. We are a triune being. We are a spirit is our highest part of us. We have our soul, which is our intellect, will, and our emotions. And we have our body, which is our brain and our body. They are three separate things, and the Holy Spirit is designed to, has designed us to be led by Him. So it is Holy Spirit to spirit to soul to body. So that's the correct order. And when we operate in that, in that way, when we function in that way, then we function in the way that God called us to function. The world tries to kind of ignore that spiritual side of us or they don't understand that spiritual side of us. And just the other day I was watching a, a debate between a philosopher, two philosophers, one who's a naturalist and one who's actually a Christian. And they were debating the meaning of life and you know these kind of things that they, they tend to debate and who are we and where do we come from and why are we here and what does it all mean? And the naturalist said something that I thought was so sad. He just said, this is all there is. This life is all there is. There is nothing else. There is no afterlife. The physical is all that counts. And I thought, how sad is that? Because that is really not the answer. So it is, it is so important that we as a body of Christ, that we reflect his glory in what we do. It's so important that we actually get a, a deep understanding of what it means to have an eternal perspective. It's so important that we actually spend time developing our mind and renewing our mind so that our brain aligns with what our mind is supposed to be doing, which, and our mind is supposed to align with the spirit man, and the spirit of, our spirit man is supposed to be led by the spirit of God. So what I'm saying is that with our mind, with our intellect, with our will, with our emotions, we are able to choose and make choices. And God tells us that we need to choose life. Deuteronomy 30:19, I lay before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. So that when you choose life, you are actually with your mind choosing to let your spirit man be led by the spirit of God. So you are actually leaning in the direction of this side of the stage where the green trees are, which is the love zone. You are doing when you choose with your mind to have a constant internal dialogue with God. When you choose with your mind to pray continuously, to meditate on the word day and night, you are stepping into this zone and you are letting the Spirit of God fill your spirit and control your mind, which is what we're supposed to be doing, and then your body will respond because our brain and our body respond to the bidding of the mind. They do the bidding of the mind. You see, your brain is a receptacle, and I've studied this for 30 years. Your brain is a responder. It is like a very fancy photocopying machine, and it basically every thought that you are thinking is becoming a physical structure inside of your brain. And as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you are thinking about with your mind becomes a physical thing inside of your brain. And whatever you're saying and whatever you are doing is first a thought inside of your head. So we're implanting these thoughts all day long. We're thinking beings. We are always thinking. You are always thinking. You are made in the image of a thinking God. During the day, you are building thoughts. And at nighttime, you are sorting out those thoughts that you've built during the day. We are thinking beings, and we've got to choose whether we're going to be thinking in this direction, which is the love zone, or in this direction, which is the fear zone. So the little toxic tree that you see over there represents a toxic thought, and that represents healthy thinking. Okay, so for those of you that have heard me preach before, you'll recognize I always teach with this structure on the stage and apply it in different ways. Today, what I want to do, based on the series that, that, you are, that we are 
going through at the moment, I want to talk to you about the woman with the issue of blood. Now, it's so interesting because Elaine preached on this last week, and we didn't talk to each other before. And we would be basically, obviously, the Holy Spirit has some kind of message, and we're both using this in a totally different way. So what I'm going to teach you about today is another concept, the concept of her thinking. What was she thinking? What was the woman of the issue with, with the issue of blood thinking? Okay, so I'm going to use science. I'm going to use scripture. You're going to, you're going to work fast with me. Um, you, I'm going to read the first scripture that I'm going to read to you. Let me just get it on my phone. It's going to come up on the screen. It's from Mark. Mark 5, verse 28 and 34. So let's start with Mark 5, verse 28. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. She says there, because she thought, if I just touch the hem of his garment... She didn't just instantly think that. This was a thought that she had implanted over time. She had spent time thinking about this God of hers that she served. You see, before she was sick, she was married, had a life, had a family, and then she got sick, and then she spent all her money, as we know the story, and pursuing, pursuing her getting her healing. She didn't give up. She was persevering. But in I want to go back to before she was sick. I want to go back to the time that she spent growing up in the faith, where she had spent time getting an understanding and implanting a whole understanding of who God was. So when the healing was needed, when, her, when the sickness started in her body, she didn't just give up. At the first sign of difficulty, she didn't just give up. She had built these thoughts. She had implanted thoughts inside of her head over time of who God is and who he says he is. So... The implanted word of God will save your soul. That's what James 1.21 says. So what you're implanting, the implanted word of God, not the implanted word of Google and gossip, the implanted word of God is what will save your soul. Your soul is your mind. It's your intellectual will and your emotions. What you are choosing with your mind to think about, what you are choosing, how you choose to listen to the Spirit of God, how you choose to to read the word, meditate on the word, memorize scripture, really think deeply you, about the word of God. You are implanting over time. It doesn't just happen instantly. It is something that you do daily. Renewing of the mind, implanting the word is a daily thing. This woman, she did that. She spent time doing that. And she had built up a whole lot of green trees inside of her head so that by the time this, this illness hit her, she actually had the strength in her mind, the strength in her spirit to be able to actually deal with this physical issue that she was going through. You see, when she heard that Jesus came to town, she knew, she instantly recognized, she had spent time building those thoughts that, that popped up into her conscious mind as she heard, hey, Jesus is coming to town. She knew instantly that this Jesus was something special because she had prepared her mind. The point I want to make here is that she didn't just instantly think, oh, I heard Jesus is coming to down. Oh, maybe if I go and touch the hem of his garment. That wasn't just a now thing. That was a time that she had gone through building this thought. So let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at the next verse 34, which says, He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. This is so significant. You see, she thought, she thought for a long time, so when she touched the hem of his garment, she was prepared. She had 
partnered with God. As Pastor Robert has been teaching us quite a bit about partnering with God. She had chosen to partner with God. So when she was in that time of need, those thoughts came popping up into her mind. So she was prepared and she knew all she had to do was that she recognized Jesus was God and she just had to touch the hem of his garment. And that faith... God recognized. Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? It was the faith in her that she had spent time developing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want a miracle in your your life? You have to listen differently. You have to partner with God differently. You have to use your mind differently. You have to discipline your mind to listen to what it is that God is saying. And it doesn't just come instantly. It comes with a commitment of time. Renewing of the mind is a continual, ongoing process. God said to her, Jesus said to her, God said to her, your faith has healed you. You see, faith takes time to build. Faith takes time to part when we, as we partner with God in this journey of renewing our mind, we are building our faith. So let's have a look at this from a scientific aspect. Okay, so 30 years ago, I asked a ridiculous question. And this ridiculous question was, can the mind change the brain? And why was it ridiculous? Because at that time in science, the brain could not change. Well, that's what they thought. They thought once you have brain damage, once you have some kind of issue in your brain, well, your brain can't change. So I pursued a whole avenue of research, which I don't have time to share with you, but I did a TED Talk recently, this, earlier on this year, and you can actually see the TED Talk. You can Google TED or you can go on my webpage. And there I talk a little bit about the scientific research I did. But what I did was I researched this concept of the mind mind is separate from the brain. And as we use our mind, we develop our mind, we develop our spirit, and we physically change the brain. In the mid-1990s, this was called neuroplasticity. It was accepted as an actual fact, and now we hear about it all the time, how as we're thinking, our brain can change. A lot of the time, we hear things like the brain that changes itself. Well, your brain, if it's outside of your head, can't do anything. If I take one of your brains out of your head, it's not going to do anything. But when your brain in your head right at the moment, you're an alive thinking human being, you are thinking, and as you are thinking, you are generating this mind in action, which is causing physical change in your brain. So right now, at 10 to the 27, you at that speed, you are actually turning my words into basically, which are electromagnetic signals and sound waves in your brain, into actual protein-like structures that look like trees inside of your brain. You are building what we call a temporary memory. So 30 years ago, I researched this concept, can our mind change our brain if we direct our attention, if we use our mind to build our thoughts, if we repeatedly build our memory, if we put in the repeated effort that causes learning to take place, and I repeat, repeated effort that causes learning to take place, will we change the structure of our brain? And yes, we can. I prove that in many different ways. And as I said, you can see my TED Talk if you'd like to see a little bit more about my research. But this is my theory. So before you all pass out, I'm not going to do anything with this except to talk about the colors. So there's a few colors up there. You see green, you see purple, you see blue, and you see pink clouds. So just focus on the colors. So what I did was I took my research, developed a theory, which is what scientists do, and you prove your theory and you keep on proving your theory for the rest of your life because you never stop learning. And actually what this theory shows is mind in action. It shows how with our mind, we choose to follow Christ. With our mind, we choose to listen to the word of God. With our mind, we choose to memorize what the word of God says. With our mind, we choose to listen to the Holy Spirit. With our mind, we choose to let the Holy Spirit guide us. With our mind, as we are choosing with our mind to do life with God, with whatever work it is that you're are doing 
and I mean that with whatever work that you are doing, let's say that you're an engineer or you're a doctor, by asking God continuously, what should I do now? How should I function? How should I respond? What is the, the Holy Spirit knows everything. So by setting up this constant internal dialogue with your mind, you are building thoughts that are godly thoughts. Yes, about engineering. Yes, about medicine. All this is science. All this is God's stuff. God created the world. God created everything. And science is a description of the everything. So everything that you are doing is science. It's how the world works. Science is how the world works. So the Holy Spirit knows how the world works and how you should be doing what you should be doing best. So you should be using your mind to talk to him to build the correct thoughts that will actually enable you to do what you're supposed to be doing. And that will also enable you to process the events and circumstances of life like you should be doing and also help you to build the thoughts that will help you cope with the issues that will hit you in your life, the sufferings, the pains, the illnesses, the challenges. If you haven't implanted and spent the time, you're not going to have those kind of thoughts popping up. If you have spent time worrying and you haven't spent time focusing on God, the toxic trees will pop up. And the toxic trees are the things of defeat and failure and I can't do this and it doesn't work for me and it's not going to be enough or whatever. So we can't just speak the word. We can't just say God will heal me and not really believe it. And to believe it, you have to spend time developing it. So you have to make decisions with your mind to build up that green part of my theory. So let's look at it again. And you'll see that there's a green part there. And that represents what we call the non-conscious part of the mind. You see your mind, which is in the middle of your spirit and your, and your body, your brain and your body, which are the physical part of you, is broken up into the conscious, which is that purple part, and the non-conscious, which is basically the green part. Now the non-conscious part of your mind is the spiritual part of your mind and connects to your spirit man. From the research we know that it is eternal, it is huge, it is endless, it operates on quantum principles which means it is super fast and it is not bound by the present, the past and the future. The purple part is very small, equally as powerful but very small. The conscious part only operates when you're awake so it's operating now hopefully and the non-conscious part is operating 24 hours a day. So the green part is going all the time. The purple part is only working when you're awake. So when you're awake, you're receiving the events and circumstances of life. And the green part literally sends information up, memories from the past into the purple part. So you are in life. So you're hearing me now. I'm giving you words. You're seeing things. That comes into your conscious mind through the blue part. The blue part is how we receive information through our five senses. So information I'm speaking, you're seeing, it's coming in through the blue part, it's going into the purple part, which is your conscious mind and your non-conscious mind, where all your thoughts are trillions upon trillions upon trillions of thoughts that you've been building since conception are stored. And as you are hearing this information, things are moving, four to seven things every few, every couple of seconds are moving from the non-conscious into the conscious mind. So at this particular moment right now, you have information coming in from my voice and what you're seeing, information coming in from your existing memories. And you can at this point stop and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what does this all mean for me? You are brilliant. You are designed, able to receive incoming, deal with the memories of the past, and communicate with the Holy Spirit on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. And together you then actually make a decision, and you choose, and as you choose, you build a thought. And then that thought becomes implanted, and as you practice using that thought, you start speaking and acting from that thought. In other words, everything that you say and that you do, do. Everything that that woman with the issue of blood said and did was not just some random event. It was a thought that had taken time and years to build. 
Okay, so let's see a little bit more about how this happens. So here's a simple version of my theory. There's a body of water. That body of water represents your non-conscious mind. And as you see, it'll start moving. The, non the body of water is this huge, limitless, quantum non-conscious mind that's not bound by the present, past, and future. It's, it's literally what we call non-physical. It operates on it. It connects to the spiritual part of man. And then what you see popping up are things from the non-conscious to the conscious mind. So the things popping up are memories from the past. Memories are thoughts. So whatever you've implanted will come up and influence your current decision. So how you deal with the current event is based upon what you have taken time to implant in your mind. Whatever, you, whatever thoughts you have implanted will then influence your current new thought that you are building. Okay, so now let's have a look at the so of the, the let's have a look at the next slide, which is an actual slide of thoughts growing inside of your brain. So this is what you are doing at the moment as you are listening to me. You are literally growing these tree-like structures. So this is an actual, these are thoughts, these are neurons in the brain growing little dendrites. So those little things that you see over there, that's what you're doing at the moment. You are taking my signals in through the blue part, into the purple part, and as I'm talking, stuff is coming from the non-conscious to the conscious, and you're mixing this all together and you are building thoughts. See, thoughts are real things. They occupy mental real estate. And as I've said so many times, everything that you say and you do is first a thought that you have built inside of your head. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So there's more than 300 scriptures that I've found that show that thoughts precede actions. And scientifically, we know that you cannot say or do anything until you've actually built a physical structure from which to do it. Okay, so now let's have a look at the sower and the seed. We're now going to look at Matthew 13, 18 through 23 from the message version. And I'm going to read it. It's going to come up on the screen as well. Okay, we're going to do it bit by bit. Study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears the news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. This is the seed that the farmer scatters on the road. Okay, so this is the first one. This is listener type one. You need to decide what kind of listener you are going to be. I don't recommend listener type one because you're not going to make much change in your life. Listener type one Information comes out, so here I'm giving you words. This is seed being scattered on the road. Okay, it's scattered on the surface. Now you, as you are listening to me, it's going to go in your brain, but what you do with it, you have to, with your mind, make a decision about what you are going to do with the information that you hear that I'm sharing with you today, that Pastor Robert shares with you every week, that you read in the Bible, that you learn on a day-to-day -day basis. So let's have a look inside the brain. This is what we look like when we wake up in the morning. This is you and I hanging out of our head, and then we put our makeup on, or the girls and the guys, hopefully you don't put makeup on. Anyway, we can kind of get ourselves together and then we go out the door. Okay, so information comes in through our five senses. Our five senses are the contact between the external world and the internal world of our mind. So this is the blue part. But the, the five senses represent that blue part on my theory. So you are hearing, you are seeing, you are experiencing information. It's going into your brain. You have a hundred structures in your brain. As the information moves through as, an, as a sound wave as, and as an electromagnetic wave, the sound wave is, called, is basically called a physical wave and the electromagnetic wave is called a non-physical wave. The two work together. This is from God. These are sources of energy. God is the source of energy. God is the source of everything. So basically, everything in this world, he enables us to experience. It goes in your brain and your mind in action is this energy flowing through your brain from God. 
but you have free will. So you can choose to process this information. If you were dead, we wouldn't see action in your brain. You wouldn't see those thoughts growing that you saw a few moments ago. But as you are listening to me now, this is going in your brain and you are actually generating action. You are building thoughts. You are building what we call a temporary memory. A temporary memory lasts for 24 to 48 hours. If you do nothing with this information that you are hearing now, within 24 to 48 hours, the little memories that you would have built that look like trees, the little branches that you, that they look like little trees, basically will denature. They're made of protein, they will denature and become heat energy. So if you don't implant, if you don't spend time, you can't just hear something once and think that that's it, that you're going to have enough faith. It is a process of spending time. So if you have a look at a close-up inside the brain, this is a neuron in the brain, and what the little top part there, that looks a bit like a Christmas tree, here's a close-up of it. Those little things there called dendrites, those are the things that you are growing. That's what memory looks like. Those little dendrites are supercomputers. You are building them at quantum speeds. They operate with quantum principles. And you are directing the design. You design the landscape of your brain. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, Revelations 22.5. So, in other words, what you choose to build in your, in your mind is basically going to be healthy thoughts, healthy trees or unhealthy trees. And if you're listening to God, it will be that direction. If you're listening, not listening to God, it will be that direction. Okay, toxic. And that causes prom problems inside the brain. Okay, now, let's have a look. If you don't, if you are listener type one, with the seed is just scattered on the surface, if you don't do something with it, as I said, those little dendrites will just simply denature and become hot air. What a waste of time. So let's have a look at listener type two. So continuing reading there, this is the seed that is cast in the gravel. So you can have a look on the screen. The seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. And so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. So this is the person who says, oh, wow, amazing, incredible conference, wonderful message. I'm going to do that. I'm going to forgive. Enthusiasm. But then suddenly the emotions wear off. So that drive and that passion. You see, God has designed us that as you learn, as you are learning now, as you direct your attention, as you are focusing, as your mind in action is happening, as all the sciencey stuff is happening, you have a release of neurotransmitters in your brain that help you to focus, that help you to get excited, that help you to actually build this information into your head. Now, so on, around about day three and day four, these neurotransmitters start to subside. So this feeling of excitement and passion and enthusiasm starts kind of wearing off and you can almost feel a little flat. Science has shown that most people give up on around about day three and day four. So listener type one has given up after day one, day two. Listener type two, they hear, they respond, and they go through maybe up till about day seven. So the enthusiasm carries them for kind of about a week, five days to seven days. And then suddenly the enthusiasm drops off because the emotions wear off. This is where faith steps in. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. God is trying to teach us levels of maturity. So once you've had this initial rush, he then expects you to dig a little deeper and to push through a little harder. So if you look in the brain, what's happening? So we've got the information going in the brain. We've got the neuron. Let's look close up. If you have a look where the red circle is, if you look at the little red circle, you'll see that there's one, I've just drawn one dendrite there with a few little dendrites growing out of it. And on the outside of the dendrite, you have three little spines. And those spines are three different shapes. One is a bump, one is a lollipop, and one is a mushroom. 
Okay, so now this is very significant for becoming listener type 3 and type 4. Listener type 1 doesn't even build a bump. Listener type 2 will build a lollipop. It's listener type 3 will build a lollipop. Listener type 4 builds a mushroom. Okay, so now you've got to remember to build a mushroom. So what does this mean? Listener, the listener type 3 Let's have a look. Let's look at the next one over here. Listener type three, as soon as you go beyond day two, yes, you look like a poodle. As soon as you go beyond day two and day three, as soon as you move into listening a little bit more, going beyond just the, the surface listening, you start on day three releasing a group of proteins. And those proteins are called ChemK2 molecules. They look like nano poodles. So on day three, if you go beyond day three, Okay, you are going to actually release a group of proteins inside of your brain. And those proteins look like little poodles. Now, those proteins walk inside on little train tracks, inside tubules, microtubules inside the dendrites. Now, just to give you some idea of scale, we have 100 billion neurons in the brain, more or less. That's only 20% of brain material. Each neuron, and a neuron is one of these, Okay, you have 100 billion of those. Each neuron can build up to anything, up to 200,000, a million, whatever, dendrites. You will build a dendrite for every concept that you are hearing. So right now, you've probably built close to three, 400 concepts. In other words, you've built three to 400 dendrites right now at this moment. So you have a little neuron in your brain called this, that is basically this information, and you're growing all these little branches. As I said, by if you don't do anything with it, if you listen to type one, by Monday, they're gone. But if you listen to type two and you get enthusiastic, you will, that little poodle will start walking. And that little poodle will start imprinting in the little feet, where you see the feet of the poodle, that little furry, the little fluffy part at the bottom, that little poodle literally walks on a track and literally imprints into a into a grid on the track, this information that you are learning. So that scripture that you are memorizing, this information that you are learning, that schoolwork that you are learning, your work that you are doing, as you are increasing in knowledge, increasing in knowledge means the little poodle is building train tracks in your brain. Isn't that cute? Okay, so how it, so it walks and it calls, it's called phosphorylation. So as it literally imprints, as it's walking, it pushes it, it, builds this little train track, this little grid train track inside the microtubules, inside the dendrites. There are around about 10 million microtubules per neuron. Okay, so these numbers are huge. I don't say this to impress you, I say this to admire God. Through science, we admire God. It is incredible, the design that he has given us. This stuff I'm sharing with you now is cutting-edge memory research. A lot of scientists don't even know about this. Okay, so you are learning this as a church, which is amazing. Okay, so here's what happens. So day three and day four, the poodle starts walking, listener type two, but then around about day four, five, six, the enthusiasm and, the, and uh, goes, sort of starts disappearing and the emotions start wearing off and things get too difficult. And so the poodle stops walking and what he's built just simply denatures or she built simply denatures and you now have nothing. So now we go to the next Listener, listener type three. This is, where, this is the listener where the information is cast in the weeds. Let's, have, let's read that one. The seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and wanting everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. The seed cast on good... Okay, so that is now... This is the seed cast in the weeds. They hear... They get the poodle walking. They actually start building. Things start changing. Let me show you what changes. That poodle walks. Have a look over there at this, where the red circle is. When the poodle walks 
After seven days, like if you have repeatedly gone through the information or thought about it, read repeatedly reread the information, focused on the information, even as little as seven minutes a day, and you will find this change happening inside your brain. What will happen is as that little poodle is walking in the microtubule, in the dendrite, the outside of the dendrite on day seven will start developing a little bump on the sp um, a little bump spine on the outside. That is evidence that physical change is happening in response to mind action. So that is fantastic if you get a bump, but if you, and if you push a little bit more, if you walk a little bit more, another seven days, the little outside spine will turn into a lollipop shape, which is that shape over there. So generally, people that are listener type three, they get beyond the 48 hours, they get to seven days, and it's somewhere between seven and 14 days, and maybe they get to 14 and somewhere between 14 and 21, the worries of life, the illusions, the desires, the envies, the jealousies, the thoughts that are in this realm start coming up and choking the thoughts in this side because this has not been well-developed enough. There has not been enough time spent developing this type of thinking. There's been more time spent developing this type of thinking. So when the thoughts are popping from the non-conscious to the conscious, this one will, may, will override that one. So then the issue that you're dealing with and grappling with and going to God about, now suddenly that thought that you've been building suddenly denatures and disappears. What a waste. You may have put two weeks of fantastic effort into this incredible change in your life, building this thought that is going to bring fruit that you don't even, can't begin to believe what it's going to bring because God did everything for us. He says, I know the plans I have for you to give you a hope and a future. You see, in this side over here, in the love zone, every probability, every single thing that you need for the rest of your life has already been done. Every disease has been healed. Every need has been met because God did it all. He's not bound by the present, past, and future. Etern eternity is not bound by the present, past, and the future. So then we have to go, we have to push through and become listener type four. So if we read listener type four, the seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in. Takes in takes work, takes time, and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Beyond his wildest dreams. This is the person who, as they are pursuing this thought, as they are developing this thought, that poodle has walked daily for 21 days. And on, tw on the 21st day, more or less, a little mushroom pops up on the outside of those little spines, on all the spines, because there's multiple poodles walking. And you have now built a long-term memory, which is self-sustaining. And once you have a long-term memory, that long-term memory takes 21 days minimum to form. 21, not one day, not one hour, 21 days. And then science shows us, and I'm almost done, then science shows us that we need to practice using that consciously, practice daily, taking that poodle backwards and forwards for more walks, consciously daily for another 42 days, another two cycles of 21 days. You see, it takes a minimum of 63 days to form a habit. 63 days, and that's one. So you can form 17 new habits in a year if you do the math. So what we need to do is we need to practice taking our poodles for walks. We need to build the thoughts that we, that we should be building. We need to keep, here we go, we can finish with this. We need to keep our poodles safe. Thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.